Welcome back to Conversations with John and Lisa. My name is Alec Bevere, and we are so excited that you've joined us today. And if you've been listening to our past few episodes, we're actually celebrating right now that Conversations has released over 200 episodes. That's right, guys. We've released over 200 episodes, and it's a huge thanks to you guys. And to celebrate, we're actually releasing right now our best episodes from the past. And this next one, guys, that's coming out today, it is absolutely incredible. It's actually one of my personal favorites. It's all about fervent prayer. Now, before we jump into this week's episode, I just want to let you know that John and Lisa, they'll actually be back two weeks from now with brand new content. They are so excited. They actually have just got back from their anniversary trip, and they are so excited to share with you all what they have actually learned about 40 years of marriage. And so it's going to be an incredible episode. But anyways, guys, we are so excited to bring you this week's episode on Fervent Prayer with John and Lisa. Welcome to Conversations, and I'm so delighted to be looking at Lisa Bevere sitting across the table, and it is her birthday it today. It is my birthday. Happy birthday so to wrong. you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, my gorgeous sweet Lisa. Happy birthday to you. Okay, really. As you okay. can all see, I yes. was not blessed with the gift of singing. Yeah, it's my 57th birthday. John had his birthday four days ago, which means this is probably the biggest celebration I'm going to get is right here because John is the main event. So I'm That's getting right. a secondary birthday yeah, here. Yeah, it was kind of a cross to bear when you got your birthday so close to mine. It definitely was. <laughs> anyway, Lisa, I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about next um, next couple episodes, I hope. Um, yeah, it almost feels like it's too much to cover in one. Oh, definitely. We want to talk about fervent prayer because we know so many people right now in the body of Christ, they're praying about specific circumstances, hardships, adversities that they're going through. And I think what this is going to do, and I feel it in my heart as I'm talking right now, it's going to equip them to really accurately deal with these situations they're facing. And so... Um, you know, I'm just really thrilled about it. I love the idea of fervent prayer. I, I love that it actually, it pairs it together, effectual and fervent prayer, that it's effective when we are fervent, when there's passionate prayer. And a lot of times people do prayers just kind of like, yeah, I have to pray. And, and it's, it's not fervent. And so can you, I mean, like everything about you is fervent. Maybe you could do a description of what fervent well, actually means. I always like to say a fervent prayer is an effective prayer. In the New King James, it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So we're talking about praying fervently because a lot of you out there have a lot of situations you're facing. And I'm just telling you this right now, praying quiet, soft, hoping your prayers are going to get answered is not going to bring the solution you need. You need to speak with authority. And a fervent prayer doesn't necessarily mean loud. It just means you know that you're going to get results. I want to read to you the definition of the word fervent. Fervent means exhibiting or marked by great intensity of feeling, zealous, fervent prayers. You know, I'm reminded of what Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 12, be fervent in spirit. You will not pray fervently unless your spirit is fervent. Now, Jesus wasn't loud in the Garden of Gethsemane, but he was so fervent that he was sweating drops of blood. So I love really that. Good. I love that we're not talking about just a volume level. We're talking about a intensity level. So you can pray loud, but not volume loud. So in other words, the loud means you're intense. 
And even though he's sweating drops of blood, he's praying loud, but not in volume. And that's what a fervent prayer is. You believe with all of your heart, you will stay in that place of receiving until you get the answer. James transitions in the very next verse. So let me just read it again from the top. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human as we are. Yeah, and that we need to just pause right there because most people think Elijah was like a superstar, which he was, but he was a, a man of like passions, like temptations, like challenges, different day, but but similar challenges, and yet, and yet, he was able to pray in such a way, which means a stay-home mom, a working mom, a stay-home dad, a working dad, a young person, an older person, anybody. We have the same connection with God. It's not about our time or our day. It's about our connection with God. So I love what it says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person. It doesn't say the earnest prayer of a pastor, the earnest prayer of an, uh, of an evangelist. This is the earnest prayer of a righteous person. Yeah. And you just made the greatest comment. So we're talking to moms right now. We're talking to guys that work eight to five in the marketplace. And so it says Elijah was just like a, any one of us. Yet when he prayed earnestly, so when he prayed fervently, okay, that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Verse 18, then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Now, the story here is so interesting. Israel had been, and I'm going to go to the end part of this. Israel had been in a three and a half year drought. And God said to Elijah, because you have executed the false prophets and confronted Israel and Israel has returned to obedience to me, you need to go and pray that the rain comes back. First Kings 18, 41 through 46. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there's a sound of the abundance of rain. Elijah heard it in his heart. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. He bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. So what I'm seeing is a guy has got his face between his knees and rocking back and forth and praying fervently. And he said to his servant, after he prayed, go up, look toward the sea. So he went up and he looked. He says, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. So seven, wait, seven times is a lot. Yeah. Two times is what most people do. Like, wait, are you sure? I'll check one more time. No, there's nothing. Gosh, it didn't work. So what that tells us is that seven times Elijah has to go back to praying, putting his head between his knees, because six of those times that, that servant came back and said, nothing, 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 nothing. But then it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. The thing that's just so striking that I think James is talking about here is Elijah had that fervent um, mindset, that fervent posture to where he prayed even when the servant came back six times and said, hey, your prayers aren't working, buddy. He, he said, go back up. I prayed again. You know, a lot of people might say, John, yeah, but that was because God spoke to Elijah. And because he spoke to him, he knew what to watch for. And, and a lot of people would take that as an option out, like, hey, I tried, it didn't work. But, but here's what I love is, yeah, maybe God doesn't speak to us directly. Hey, go pray until the snow stops in Colorado Springs or <laughs> pray and snow comes down. But we have the word of God. 
And we can pray the scriptures. There is this fervent posture that we have when we pray the word of God because we know that God will watch over his word to perform it. So there's a fervency because it's already authored by God. Elijah wasn't going to give up because he knew what God had said. And he, you know, he could have quit and then it wouldn't have happened, but he knew what God had said. And and I love his follow through, but a lot of Christians think that because they're not alive in that time, they're not a prophet of God, yeah. that they can't pray with fervency. And the truth is praying the word of God means we can pray with confidence and fervency. Now it's always going to, the answer is always going to come, possibly not the way we think it's going to come, and never in the timing, never in the timing. I mean, in my timing, it's never seemed to happen either. It's a lot later or surprisingly early. So we're going to always be able to say because of the fervency of God's word, because it's alive, because it's sharper than a two-edged sword, because it's fire in our bones, then we can pray strong because our fervency comes from the word of God. We don't yeah. have to do it from our our uh, situations or anything else. I love this parallel. Of, of Elijah. And I know, Lisa, there may be people out there thinking, yeah, but that's Old Testament. Like, all we have to do is pray once in the New Testament. But gosh, I love what Jesus said in this parable. He said, one day Jesus told his disciples a story of how they should mm-hmm. always pray and never give up. Now, why would he say never give up? Because they're, they're going to ask and then maybe they don't see immediate results. He said, there was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God nor Mm -hmm. cared about people. Mm -hmm. A widow of the city came to him repeatedly. Repeatedly. So here's the emphasis, saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said to us, learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who truly have faith? And you know, Lisa, I think what Jesus is saying there is it takes faith to be able to keep going back when we're not seeing any progress, to keep going back, to keep going back. And God is not an unjust judge. He's our Father on top of that. So when we persistently come to Him and saying, Father, in Jesus' name, I know I'm not seeing results yet, but I know you're true to your word, and you said if I ask anything in your name, then then He'll give it to us. You know, um, John, I was down in New Zealand, and I want to close out with this story. I was in New Zealand, and there was a beautiful young mother who had a 14-year-old daughter who was like suicidal. She was, or maybe she was in middle school. She was just really dark. She, um, her countenance had changed. She was obsessed with death. She said all the time, I just want to die. I just want to die. I just want to die. And she, the mother wrote me this long letter and she said, you know how her daughter had been this beautiful, vibrant, playful, laughing child. And then like a cloud of doom came over her. They took her to counselors. They took her to different, you know, um, prayer people. And she just could not get like she, they couldn't figure out what was going on. They tried to change her diet. And again, I'm not saying that all those things can't help somebody because there are some people that it is as simple as that, but they had done all that. And her, their daughter just continued to get worse. She had nightmares and everything like that. So I was speaking at a conference in Wellington, New Zealand, 
And I talked about this. I talked about being fervent in prayer. I talked about using your authority as a parent and that you had the right to pray over your children and command certain things according to the word of God. And uh, the mother got home late. She was one of the volunteers at the church and just happened kind of float in during my session. She got home late and she woke up her husband and she said, we are going in and we are praying over our daughter with fervency and and God is going to do something. She said, I have a gift of faith for this. I know we prayed and we prayed and we've gotten weary and we've gotten worn down by the enemy. And John, I have such a sense that so many people have been weary and they have been worn down. They I don't agree. have clarity. They've tried to look other different directions and her and her husband they prayed over her. The little girl was asleep. They prayed over her with strong fervency. The mother said in the sleep, the daughter started to smile. You know, they grabbed a hold of her feet, prayed over her. And the next morning, the very next morning, the daughter got up and said, Jesus had appeared to her in a dream and totally blew away all the dark clouds over her life and filled her her heart with light. And she said, Mom, it happened. Don't you know what happened when you came in to kiss me? And so the daughter thought the mom had only come in to kiss her. She didn't even remember being prayed over. Wow. And, and like these parents wow. took their daughter through this deliverance. And I mean, I have this long letter from this mother. And, and just how, you know, they, and again, they had prayed. And they had prayed. And they had, I don't know how many times they'd prayed for their daughter, but then there came this moment where maybe all they had was that maybe in the meeting, that small hand of faith, they saw something coming out of the sea and they saw that things were about ready to shift and they jumped on that moment. And I just want to say to a lot of people out there that the Bible says that don't faint before your harvest, that the enemy will always come in the most vehemently right before you're getting ready to break through. So if you're out there and you've like, I have prayed, I prayed till I'm so weary. You know what? Do it again. Don't be Go weary ahead. in well-doing. Don't do it. Go ahead. For in due season, you will harvest if you, will, you don't you will reap faint. if you don't faint. Yes. Absolutely. So just go for it. Be fervent. Pray the word of God. You can do this. You are anointed to do it. And you know, if you need to pray over your kids when they're sleeping, if you need to pray over yourself, if you need to pray over your house, you have the right to pray with authority. And if the demons say to you, you can't say that because of this or that, d- just, just let it go. It's not about you. It is about the name of Jesus that you are praying in. We hope you guys enjoyed today's blast from the past. And for more content, make sure to check out our newest podcast, At Home with the Beveers. It includes John and Lisa and a bunch of other Bevier family members, and you aren't going to want to miss it. And you can actually listen to that right now on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Also, check out Messenger X, our free app that is on the App Store or on Google Play, and you can get that right now, and it has so much more discipleship resources on it. John and Lisa will return in two weeks with even more life-giving content. But until then, I'm Alec, and thank you so much for joining us on Conversations with John and Lisa.